0: CP Podcast Time on a Top 10 Tuesday, June 9th, 2020. Welcome on in. I'm Austin Horton. Thank you so much for giving me your your ears, your attention, your support. I really do appreciate it. Uh, And uh, it's so much fun doing this podcast. It's especially fun when people listen and tune in. So thank you, uh, each and every one of you. My thanks again to Antoinette Stapley of Operation Hero for joining us uh, on Military Monday yesterday. Uh, you, if you missed it, please. You owe it to uh, yourself, and in my opinion, you owe it to Tracy Stapley and Antoinette, uh, Tracy's Antoinette's husband, who gave his life for the the fight for freedom and liberty around the world back in 2013, leading Antoinette to start the nonprofit uh, Operation Hero. And you've probably seen uh, or, or or heard of the boot display that Operation Hero uh, is involved with and what they do. So check out Antoinette's interview at 1280thezone.com or anywhere you find your EP podcast. Speaking of, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, 1280thezone.com, the Zone Sports Network app, Google Podcasts. Uh, You can get us on Spotify, if I didn't mention that. You've got us on the Zone Sports Network app, uh, and uh, so on and so forth. Of course, I'm on Facebook, The EP podcast, I'm on Twitter at Austin Horton, and you can always email me, austin.horton at 1280thezone.com. All right, being a top 10 Tuesday, we got to cook, we got to go, so let's get going with today in sports history, June 9, kind of a big day in sports history. Secretariat won the Belmont Stakes in 1973 by an unprecedented 31 lengths to complete the most dominant triple crown of all time. 1978, the NBA draft was held in New York City. The Celtics took Larry Bird with the sixth overall pick. Larry, uh, in Vegas, Larry Holmes won the WBC heavyweight title with a 15-round split decision over Ken Norton at Caesar's Palace. The fight came down to the 15th round, which was one of the best in boxing history. June 9, 1987, Magic Johnson hit a hook shot with two seconds left as the Lakers beat the Celtics at the Garden in Game Four of the NBA Finals, taking a 3-1 LA lead winning eventually in six games. The Montreal Canadiens in 1993 beat the LA Kings 4-1 at the Montreal Forum to win the Stanley Cup in five games. That is the last time a team from Canada has won the Stanley Cup. Pretty crazy to, to think it's been everywhere but Canada since 1993. Speaking of which, my favorite hockey team, the Colorado Avalanche, beat the New Jersey Devils. In 2001, on June 9, in seven games to win the Stanley Cup, also the final game for Avalanche defenseman Ray Bork, who won his first Stanley Cup of a historic 22-season career. Mike Trout, selected this day in 2009 by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim with the 20, or with the, uh, the first pick, went to... Or the, this date in 2009, Steven Strasburg became the first overall pick in the MLB draft, Do you know who went 25th overall that day? The greatest baseball player ever, Mike Trout, to the L.A. Angels of Anaheim. So there you go, June 9, this day in sports history. All right, that means it's time for Top 10 Tuesday. As always, we've got items 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 on the list in random order. Number 5 is always a random topic. I always slide that in halfway through. And today we're uh, looking into the travel industry a little bit. But let's roll that wheel, see where we're going on Stop 1 for a Top 10 Tuesday. First up, a little baseball. Angel Hernandez, long believed to be one of the absolute worst umpires in Major League Baseball history. I don't know how he's been a crew chief already uh, for so many years that he has been. I remember, I believe he was uh, splitting time within the last decade between the major leagues and the minor leagues. felt like he was doing double duty there, and yet here he is as a crew chief. Well, he sued Major League Baseball. Uh, let's see how long ago it was. Uh, last last year? Was it last year that he sued? I can't remember, but uh, he, he sued the Major League Baseball recently uh, for disc- what he claimed as discriminating against his race as they did not promote him into better playoff games and World Series opportunities. Well, responding to that lawsuit, Major League Baseball filed their own lawsuit on Friday, uh, and uh, in it they listed a whole bunch of things that they've got a problem with uh, Angel Hernandez about, including that in 2012, uh, Hernandez asked Homer Bailey who had pitched a no hitter to autograph 11 baseballs for himself and his crew in 2008. He had three calls overturned by replay in the first four innings of a playoff game between the Yankees and Red Sox. That's 2018, not 2008. Joe Torrey said he observed Hernandez in another game, throwing his headset after having his call overturned on instant replay and allegedly refused to change his mind on a replay decision in 2013 Joe Torrey wrote that the umpire still insisted during his annual reviews that his call of holding a double high off the wall rather than a home run was solid. Hernandez says that uh, the low definition small screen led him to not want to overturn that call. Uh, also, maybe the most severe, according to baseball anyway, I, I would say the, the, the autographs from Homer Bailey might be the most severe, but the, what they're. What they also have a really bad uh, taste in their mouth about is when they uh, had a phone call interview with each individual umpire to talk about uh, the situation last year where the game was delayed for 14 minutes between the Red Sox and Rays over confusion about the rules. Hernandez was the crew chief for that game. Uh, the Red Sox played it under protest, but ultimately after loss declined to further pursue the protest. Uh, and uh, oh, this says he was that Angel Hernandez sued baseball in 2017. So this is three years on. But as the crew chief, a delay of 14 minutes because they didn't know the rules. Major League Baseball um, uh, interviewed each umpire individually over the phone about that day. But apparently, Angel Hernandez eavesdropped on the call with another umpire when they were supposed to be talking to only uh, one of the other Empire umpires, Ed Hickox. And Angel Hernandez illegally and unknowingly listened in on that phone call. Angel Hernandez in a lot of trouble. Big old heap of uh, not good that he has to deal with uh, uh, right now. And not just that, but he had to, uh, uh, because of the Homer Bailey autographs, Joe Torre made him uh, donate a whole bunch of money and, uh, and return the balls And we don't know how much money he paid, but apparently Angel Hernandez took it seriously because he sent in a check the very next day. So Angel Hernandez, a terrible umpire, and apparently a, a terrible moral compass attached to Angel Hernandez as well. It'll be interesting to see if he holds on to his job much longer. All right, current Iowa football players have now made it clear to fans that they will not tolerate those who don't support their message off of the field on the heels of allegations against strength and conditioning coach Chris Doyle. This from uh, Barrett Salee on CBSSports.com. Sophomore defensive back Kayvon Merriweather took to Twitter on Monday to deliver a message that fans who don't support the team's decision to kneel during the national anthem shouldn't bother cheering for them moving forward. This, as mentioned a moment ago, stems from... Uh, the uh, strength and conditioning coach, Chris Doyle being accused of uh, just terrible racist behavior and coaching against uh, some of these uh, Iowa football players. And you know what? Good for these football players. If they're going to, if we're going to make progress in this country and in this world, uh, in the fight against racism and to eradicate it from our presence, we have to do sometimes unpopular things and, and, Peaceful protest is the way to do that, but peaceful protest in a way that a lot of attention is drawn to it. And as much as I wouldn't kneel uh, during the anthem or, or in front of the flag, I would choose a different way to protest. That's just because that's me. These, uh, these, uh, players who choose to do that or anyone else that chooses to protest in that way, I've got zero problem with it. That is what this country is about is to give people an opportunity to voice their uh, complaints or wishes for change in a peaceful manner, and that gets a lot of attention. And so there you go. Iowa football players, good for you. Uh, And to tell the fans, if you're not going to support us, you can take a hike. That's gutsy, but I think that's the right thing to do. And then one of the players said, I'd rather play in front of 1,000 people who agree with us than 100,000 people who don't. And that's absolutely, in my opinion, the right mindset around this. All right, for the third time in four years, Conor McGregor has announced his (coughs) retirement from the fight game of UFC. Uh, And seconds after UFC 250 ended on Saturday night, Dana White took a a hit, so to speak, because John Bones Jones, Henry Cejuda, and others, other big-time Jorge Masvidal, have stated that they are going to more or less lock out from UFC until not only they are paid a little more, but everybody else in UFC gets paid more uh, what they deserve, in their opinion. Apparently, a lot of fighters are being underpaid and underserved and under, uh, taken care of under uh, Dana White's reign in and, uh, and the UFC, while Dana White and the UFC make a lot of money. And so it'll be interesting to follow this. I'm not a big fight follower. I'm not a big fan or fight fan. Uh, It really is the only real sport I suppose happening at this very moment. Should it have shut down? Yep, probably, but he got through it. You got to give Dana White credit for that. Even if he did it in ways I wouldn't agree with, but now it looks like he's got a quote unquote lockout on the, uh, on the horizon that he's going to have to deal with. And, He's kind of a bad dude. He gave Greg Hardy a contract, so I don't feel bad for Dana White, not in the least. Something I've never, ever, ever understood is why people still wave and honor the Confederate flag. I, 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 I actually don't know why it's not against the law to fly a Confederate flag. And that opinion would not go over well in the traditionally known NASCAR part of our country. And it's not going over too well in the traditionally known NASCAR fan part of our country. As Brad Keselowski uh, was asked about uh, the the Confederate flag recently, and he said, I only salute one flag, and that's America's. I recognize that that flag might mean something different to different people, but it doesn't mean United States of America to me. I'm not going to tell people they need to get rid of it. That's not my right either, but I certainly don't salute it or respect it, or probably anyone else who feels the same way. But at the end of the day, it's not our call. His teammate, uh, uh, what's this guy's name? Ryan Blaney, furthered it a little, took a little stronger of a stance and said, as far as the Confederate flags go, they had that trade your flag in. And I think everyone has their beliefs. And what that's talking about is NASCAR offered to bring your Confederate flag and we'll give you an American flag in return. It's tough, he said, but I don't really enjoy it because sometimes I feel like the people that wave them mean the negative when they wave them. And that's not cool. Yeah, I'd love to not see them at the racetrack, honestly, because it doesn't make everyone comfortable. So that's kind of where I stand on that. Bring your 50 stars flag. I think that would be way better, close quote. Uh, I'm going to disagree with Brad Keselowski. It is his right to tell people to get rid of the Confederate flag. It's also their right not to, not to get rid of it, not to listen to him. But that's where it comes back to what I said at the first. Why is this flag that stands for racism and slavery and oppression being allowed to be sold, manufactured, and waived in this country. The, the North won the Civil War. And we don't, you know, if you want to go with the elementary history lesson route and say it was slavery versus freedom, or if you want to go with the college history route and say it was money and which was going to make the country more lucrative, either way, the North won the war, the flag of the Confederacy lost, the Union flag won, Therefore, they should get to choose what the flag is. It evolved and became the fifty stars and thirteen stars and stripes flag that we know to this day in the United States of America. The Confederate flag ought to be tossed out. Uh, I applaud Kislowski and Blaney for standing up about as tough as they could without damaging their brand. So I'll give them a little bit of a bit of a demerit for hedging with their comments a little bit and saying it's not our job, but if it was, this is what we would do but at least they spoke out against the Confederate flag. Not a very popular thing to do in the NASCAR circles. Uh, and uh, I don't care. We ought to get rid of the Confederate flag. I've got uh, friends uh, and family that live in the South. I don't know any of my family that celebrates or waves the Confederate flag. I do know some friends, uh, particularly a couple uh, uh, people I met in college who say, oh, it just represents the South in our region and where we're from. no. It doesn't. It represents the South and the Civil War. It represents slavery, oppression, uh, and uh, and uh, taking the liberties and freedoms from other people because of their skin color. And it needs to be taken away and done away with. That brings us to story five here on a Top Ten Tuesday. And I'm excited about this one. I got to thinking the other day, how many states have I visited... And how many states does the average American visit in their lifetime or has visited in their lifetime? And so I looked up the stats, and maybe this isn't of interest to you, but it was to me. Livability.com did a survey uh, three and a half years ago. as the latest uh, statistics I could find. And they, they looked into how many Americans have visited which state, and they excluded, of course, uh, airport layovers. You had to actually go and do something while visiting the state. Uh, for it to count. Uh, and the, the returns are, are kind of interesting. First of all, I'll just tell you, Utah, by the way, Utah, there are five, there are five categories, uh, people who have visited by percentages, greater than 30%, 25 to 30, 20 to 25, 15 to 20, and 15% or less. Utah lands in that, I believe, 15 to 20 uh, realm, if i'm not mistaken yeah 15 to 20 realm so 15 to 20 percent of americans have visited the state of utah uh not not a great number not strong uh you know but i'm fine with that as long as our population stays down <laughs> people uh you could come visit us i don't want you moving here i like i like having less people in the state of utah but i'm i'm kidding obviously we'll welcome anybody and everybody. Just saying, Uh, it's funny to see on Twitter or or Facebook when people say, Utah sucks, never move here. And it's like a beautiful picture of the red rocks and the sunset and and the mountains and uh, skiing and even downtown Salt Lake or wherever, downtown Ogden, really cool places in this state. And it's pretty funny when people do that. So anyway, less than between 15 and 20% of Americans have visited Utah. Here's where it all shakes out. The states that have been visited, more than 30% of uh, Americans that have visited the, these states are New York, Georgia, Florida, Arizona, Nevada, California. That makes sense. New York, that obviously a destination place. California, obviously a destination, and Florida. Nevada, I think, gets the nod there because of Las Vegas. I don't think anything else in Nevada is drawing people out there. Georgia was interesting to me. Uh, I've been to Georgia. I really enjoyed my trip and visit to Georgia. It's a beautiful place. I don't know why people are flocking to Georgia. Uh, more than 30% of people have visited Georgia, and, and I don't, I can't really explain as to why that is. And Arizona, I would have to think that that's because a lot of relatives relocate to Arizona and people go and visit them there people the 25 to 30 percent of Americans have visited Washington, Hawaii, Colorado, Illinois, Texas Tennessee North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts uh, and then here's the biggest category I believe 20 to 25 percent of people have visited Maine, Connecticut, New Jersey, Maryland Virginia Kentucky, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana Mississippi, Louisiana and South Carolina uh, that that uh, that leads us to the 15 to 20 percent where Utah is, Oklahoma, Kansas, Utah, New Mexico, Wyoming, Oregon, Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, Alabama, Wisconsin, West Virginia, and Delaware, and the states that nobody ever visits, 15% or less of Americans have been to Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Vermont, New- Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, Idaho, and Alaska. They also included the territory Puerto Rico here, 15% or less have been to Puerto Rico. However, the good news is both Puerto Rico and Alaska are at the top of the list or near the top of the list of places that people wish they had been to or wish they could go or plan to go visit. So some good news for the tourism departments there of those 50 and 51. If you want to count Puerto Rico, I have been to Florida, Arizona, Nevada, California, Washington, Colorado, Massachusetts, Maine, Maryland, Virginia, Indiana, Kansas, Wyoming, Oregon, Iowa, Missouri, West Virginia, Nebraska, North and South Dakota, Montana, and Idaho, and of course, Utah. Uh, That's pretty good. I think that's pretty solid uh, that I've been to that many. How many was that? 24 there. Oh, and you know what? I've actually been to uh, New Hampshire. No, actually Vermont. So uh, 25 And I've been to New York when I was a little kid, though I don't remember it, so I don't know if we'll count it. But about half of the states I've been to, and I would really like to visit all of the states. Oh, and of course, Illinois. So I have been to, for sure, 25 states that I remember. 26 if we count New York when I was just a little tiny baby, but I don't remember it, so I'm not counting it. Uh, But 25, at least least half the states. I'm pretty happy with that. Though, like I said, I want to go to the rest of them. Hawaii, I'm coming for you. But uh, in all, uh, it says that the average American visit has visited 12 of the 50 United States of America. Just 12. Uh, I actually thought it would be lower, though. Not a lot of people get to travel. It's a blessing to be able to travel and visit places, so... There you go. Just something that I was curious about. And because it's my podcast, selfishly, I bored you to tears with that. But that's our random fifth stop on the Top 10 Tuesday. Let's spin the wheel and get back to the finale of it. <laughs> Clemson football is in a lot of trouble. They've had a, an assistant coach be accused of and admit to using the N-word in practice. Dabble Swinney has done nothing uh, to uh, really respond to that with any form of Uh, punishment or retribution for that coach that's that's caused the problem and now you're seeing legends of clemson football like deandre hopkins and deshaun watson who are calling for the school to remove the name of john calhoun from its uh, buildings john calhoun uh, was a slavery owner and his plantation is uh, where clemson now stands Uh, Of course, he was the vice president under John Quincy Adams as well. And he's got a long history, very well-known history of being pro-slavery and uh, having a problem with the, the idea of freeing what he considered his stock, you know, that kind of gross thinking where you consider people, animals that that are your property. And I'm with DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson. In fact, This is why DeAndre Hopkins says, this is why when he's introduced on national TV or whatever, it doesn't say DeAndre Hopkins Clemson university because he doesn't want anything to do with the name of Clemson university until they remove John Calhoun from uh, the school's presence. I don't know that they, that they will in the immediate future seems like a, a long road to work on, but I'm there with them. I'll stand by Clemson's, players, fans, faculty, uh, and anyone else that wants uh, uh, John Calhoun's name removed from the school. I get that it's part of history, and we can't ignore history, but we can take a stand against history and make sure it doesn't ever happen again. All right, the NBA's tentative playoff schedule has been revealed, uh, according to many sources, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, The Athletic, and Sham Sharani, uh, uh, put out a really cool, uh, or easy to follow, I should say, uh, image on Twitter of how to look at the dates. And what it will be is, of course, July 31st is the planned on tip-off day. Teams will play eight regular season games. If there is need for a play-in tournament, that will be the 16th and 17th of August. The playoffs will begin on August 18th. The second round will start September 1st. The conference finals will be September 15th and finals game one. The game one of the NBA finals will start September 30th. So there you go. Uh, the, the, the tentative conclusion to the NBA season schedule. Of course, there's also talk that uh, next year, a lot more four games and five nights are going to be scheduled to try and fit in uh, the season to get back to the regular schedule in the following season. We'll have to follow that and see what the Players Association has to say about that. Back to kneeling during the anthem, you've got uh, a belief in a report. CBSSports.com's Jason Lauconfora is saying that uh, you can expect the NFL players, coaches, uh, members of the team to kneel during the anthem en masse this coming NFL season because they don't feel that the NFL statement about uh, they're they're saying that Roger Goodell said, we did it wrong. We're sorry. We at the NFL believe black lives matter. Well, a lot of people don't feel that's enough until they absolutely actually name specifically Colin Kaepernick and apologize to him specifically. And so that among many other uh, reasons will is why Jason LaConfora and others believe we're going to see, kneeling during the anthem protests en masse this coming uh, NFL season. The big show had Chris Mannix on on a Monday for the NBA daily assist. And the NBA has long stated that anyone that kneels or protests during the anthem will face retribution for that. Jake Scott asked Chris Mannix what he thinks will happen. If we'll see that take place in the NBA. Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated with us here on 975 and 1280 the Zone and and Chris I want to I want to bring up our current circumstance that we're in with uh, with uh, the country and social justice but I want to bring up a specific NBA question for you so feel free to to take this answer whatever direction you you really want to go but uh, the NBA has a rule against kneeling for the National Anthem, and that once again is becoming a a hot topic in this country with President Trump's tweets and, of course, Roger Goodell and and his statement that he released last Friday. But if uh, the NBA is presented with a situation where one of their players wants to kneel during the National Anthem, how do you think they'll handle that?
1: Well, it's a good question. And, you know, as I was thinking about this in the last couple of days, I went back to some stories I wrote back in 2017. And, you know, this is when you know, the president was going after the kneelers in the NFL and making it a a front runner issue in American politics. Um, I addressed this. I brought. I asked Adam Silver about this. I asked NBA owners about this. And my sense at the time was that if any NBA players kneeled, they would be punished. They would be either fined or suspended, or you know, it, it would not. They wouldn't just let it go. I mean, that that seemed to be a brick too far at that time for Adam Silver and for the NBA. And I know a lot of players considered it at that time. I mean, I'd I asked LeBron about it, J.R. Smith, others, you know, considered it uh, at least. And that was around that time that Kobe Bryant, who was a year into retirement, he had said he would have kneeled. Like, if he was still playing, he would have kneeled. So I think the NBA in a lot of ways dodged the bullet then when no players decided to kneel, that temperatures cooled a little bit between when it was a big issue and then the season actually started. Uh, but I could see it happening this time around, especially if NFL players, you know, get involved once again and, and start doing it en masse. That's been suggested, and I think it'll put the NBA in a very interesting spot. And look, this is kind of what I wrote about this week. I mean, statements are great. Like, make statements all day long. It's it's kind of it's good, but it's kind of easy to do right when something like this starts. What's not easy to do is to back your players when things get a little bit a little hot when the president comes after you and you know, tries to affect your economics. I mean, will you back your players then and stand by them when they want to, uh, you know, protest the way they want to protest. Uh, I think it, it could get really interesting if you see NBA players, NBA players do that. I'm not, I can't sit here and say I'm convinced that, you know, the progressiveness of the NBA shown uh, will continue throughout, throughout something like that.
0: I stated this earlier uh, in the episode, I feel like that's a fine, acceptable way to protest. It's peaceful. And it draws attention to what you want to talk about. Um, at least it gets people to notice. It's not that you're protesting the flag or the anthem per se, but it's drawing attention so that people ask questions. That's why Colin Kaepernick did it. Did he go about it the exact right way? Nope. Did he vote? No. And that's he, he lost a lot of respect for me in that regard. But uh, if you want to protest peacefully, I don't see any problem with doing it this way. And uh, kudos to the uh, former Green Beret who got in Colin Kaepernick's ear and said, hey, why don't you kneel rather than sit? And kudos to Kaepernick, who went with the kneeling because it was more reverent than sitting. And uh, I think you're going to see a lot of people protest in this way, both in the NFL and the NBA. And we'll see what happens in the NHL and Major League Baseball as well. All right, two more stories here on a Top 10 Tuesday. We go with the Major League Baseball drama. <sighs> I'm so sick and tired of baseball, but... And I'm a big baseball fan, as a lot of you know. But I'm sick and tired of billionaires and millionaires crying, to use a appropriate word, over uh, how much money they're losing. And yet they're still going to be making billions and millions because of... Uh, it's so so dumb, but... One thing that I thought was really interesting is in its latest proposal back to the players, Mike Axiza, I, I don't know if that's how you say his name, but he writes for CBS Sports uh, Major League Baseball, covers Major League Baseball for CBSports.com. He broke it down that here's the three offers that Major League Baseball has given to its Players Association 82 games at a sliding scale rate on the on the uh, uh, what they would have made 33 percent it would have been what they'd make of their salary that was that was a terrible way of saying that their first offer the major league baseball owners said hell right we'll play 82 games at a sliding scale rate of pay which will come out to 33 percent of what you would have made if we played a full season with gate. Their next uh, offer went down to 50 games at a prorated pay. That also came out to 33% of what the players would have made this season. Now their latest offer, 76 games at 75% pro pro prorated pay. That equals, yes, you guessed it, still 33% of what the players would have made this season. So Major League Baseball's owners are trying to pull one over on the public and say, look, we're trying, we're, 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 we're attempting to get these guys to play. They they are being stubborn and won't accept any of our offers. And the player's like, well, the offers have not changed. You've dressed it up differently, but it's still 33% when we and 50-50 on the revenue share when we agreed back in March to a 75%. Or, or rather, not a 75%, but a prorated scale uh, beyond that 33 percent so it, it's terrible uh the, there there would uh, there's little hope left in me anymore that baseball is going to put this together and have a season this year and that's a shame and they get what they deserve i hope no one goes to a major league baseball game for the next six years because of this garbage that they're pulling off right now All right, final topic here on a Top 10 Tuesday. I heard a national show bring this up, and I just wanted to touch on it very briefly. The idea of sports and why people want them to come back and how some people are saying things like, we need sports to distract us. And people are having a problem with that. Now, I've got a problem with it depending on what you're wanting to be distracted from. If you're wanting to be distracted from the things that are actually happening happening and to not hear about coronavirus or racial unrest or anything or elections or anything you just want to put your head in the sand and skip off blissfully into ignorance land then yeah i've got a problem with you wanting sports to distract you but if you're wanting it to be a brief momentary escape from the heavy laden stuff that we're dealing with in our society in our day and age in the year 2020 then I'm absolutely, totally fine with you saying you want sports as a distraction in that way. Again, sports should be a distraction, uh, but it should not be a complete escape forever. It should be just a momentary escape and distraction before you have to then get back to business and deal with real stuff. But I think it's important. I think it's healthy. It's why companies pay their employees to go on vacation every year. You are a better worker when you go on vacation, when you rest your mind. You are a a better human being, a better citizen when you take momentary breaks from the fray. All right, that's going to do it for a top 10 Tuesday edition of the EP podcast. I thank you so much for tuning in and clicking on. Coming up tomorrow, it's an Acoustic Wednesday, Thursday, Throwaway Thursday, and of course, a Wear Red Friday. Remember, everyone deployed and uh, we'll go that way the rest of the week here on the EP podcast. I'm Austin Horton. Be good. We'll see you tomorrow and until then, not don't just be good, but be good to each other. Time now for the laugh of the day.
1: <laughs> Happy birthday to, you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mom! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday, honey. Yeah.
0: What are you doing, Hale?
1: Wow, what's it look like? We're celebrating your birthday as a family. Who are you? I'm sorry, Mom. Yeah, me too. Me too. Actually, I'd like to point out that I'm clean on this one. Lois, honey, come home, please. What do we have to do? A lot of things. I don't want to be taken for granted anymore. If I come back, you guys are going to make some changes. Anything. Whatever you want. I don't ever want to have to remind my own family that it's my birthday. You are so right. It will never happen again. And one night a week, I don't want to have to fix dinner. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good. Fine. No problem. And I want dirty laundry in the hamper, not on the floor, not over a lampshade, not shoved in some mattress crack. No well, No problem. But it's just that easy, huh? Yeah. Yes, it's just that easy. Then why do I even have to ask? If it's so obvious, I need a little human consideration. I shouldn't even have to ask. Oh, jeez, honey, that's never gonna happen what we're not smart enough to do that look who you're talking to you might as well ask us all to be a foot taller Mm -hmm. sweetie you're always gonna have to tell us what to do i mean look at this half-baked celebration i mean we're at the top of our game here honey the only thing that we're ever going to be able to offer you is our total abject obedience i know that doesn't sound like much but if you look at it this way our meager abilities are yours completely. 100%.